Hello and welcome to the Cinema ATL Podcast. The Cinema ATL Podcast is a weekly podcast that examines the world of entertainment through the lens of local Atlanta filmmakers. That would be us, your hosts. I'm Michael D. Friedman, and that is... Martin Kelly. And this week, we are going to be talking about Red Notice, the big Netflix movie that was released uh, just about a week ago. It's their most expensive movie ever, and it was their most watched opening day ever uh, for a Netflix film. So we watched it as well, and you're probably wondering if it's any good. We'll, we'll offer our review. But first, Martin, why don't you tell our listeners how they can help the podcast out? Well, you can help us out by watching, or I mean, by listening as much as you watched Red Notice. And- <laughs> Uh, and com- and comment and rate and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If we could get, if we could get a a, a, fraction. a, a fraction of the audience who watched Red Notice on 0.1%. opening night, percent, yes, <laughs> exactly, we would be in good shape. But like like I said, you can subscribe, you can rate, you can comment on your favorite podcast platform. Those include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and even on YouTube. Yes, and we also want to hear from you. You can always tweet us. You can get us at CinemaATL or our personal Twitter accounts, mine's at CleverTransient. Or hit me up at at Marte underscore real one. And don't forget our Instagram, which is at Cinema ATL Podcast. That's right. Or if you're legacy web, you know, web enabled, you can check us out at cinemaatl.com. Or you can visit our MySpace page at myspace.com slash cinema ATL. I wouldn't recommend that because Tom, Tom, Tom really hates on us. You maybe you can be in our top eight. <laughs> um yeah, before we jump into the thing, I actually wanted to, mentioning our uh, Twitter actually reminded me uh, at, at Clever Transient, which is my Twitter. Clever Transient, my musical project, has a new album coming out on Friday, the 19th. Yes. And Martin guests on a track. Yes. On it as well. And he guests on another track that was released earlier. So check, check us out. On Spotify just, or wherever you listen to stuff, look up Clever Transient and you'll Yeah, you'll look up the, Clever Transient. You got a really you got a really cool album, if I gotta say so myself. I appreciate uh being being part of it. Um so one track on the album and then one track on the latest single called Let's Talk that you put out, and they're both available on all those platforms, Spotify and SoundCloud and everywhere else, right? Close close to the same ones that Cinema Tail is on, but the the music versions of them, <clears throat> not well, not on Stitcher. There's no Stitcher music. So. Yeah, no Stitcher music for sure. But anywhere else you stream music. But anyway, people aren't here to to listen to me advertise my album. But I'm I did it anyway. So it's okay. Get a plug in. It's all right. I'm gonna get a plug. I don't I don't plug myself that much. So here you go. Take it. Check it out. It's called Proverbs and Lies. Check it out on Spotify on Friday. All right. That's enough of the intro. Why don't we talk about Red Notice? Well, okay, Red Notice. What is it? What is it about? It's the biggest movie that Netflix has ever made by budget, according to them. It's also the most watched opening day Netflix film ever, <laughs> according to them, because they don't share their data. Um, and it was also filmed in Atlanta. Right, so. right. 
Yeah, that's, that's one cool. of the big things. That, that's one of the big attractions because we talked about this a lot while it was right. in production. Back um, when it was just a nugget of an idea. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And Rawson Marshall Thurber's head. Um, anyway, the film itself is about an Interpol agent played by The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who's trying to track down the world's most wanted art thief, which would either be Ryan Reynolds' character, Nolan Booth, or the mysterious, the Bishop. So, um, yes. and so, yes, that, and then, you know, Gal Gadot's in it as well. And, uh, you know, they, they, they globe trot around the world chasing after a MacGuffin, which I actually call it in the film. Yeah. They actually funny. called it that. Yeah. Which was funny. <laughs> um, was funny. Uh, trying to track down this, uh, the third Cle- Cleopatra's third egg trying to, yes. uh, so they can uh, sell it to uh, an Egyptian billionaire and, and make lots of money. Um, definitely. Definitely. So yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, this was written and directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber, who's maybe best known for dodgeball, although he did work on a uh, skyscraper with the rock, but um, I think dodgeball that is by far the better movie. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, his dodgeball sensibilities do come out in this film uh, in a sense, because things like you just mentioned, like they even they even are so self-aware, they call it a MacGuffin, you know, in the movie itself. And, and so right. there's a lot of tongue in cheek uh, elements to it. Uh, the cinematographer is Marcus Forderer and Marcus Forderer is, I believe, uh, European, probably German for the most part. Uh, most of his credits are um you know, on European television as well as uh, cinema. But one big credit he does have that people may have seen is Independence Day Resurgence. And we won't hold that against him. Um, no, we won't hold it against him. <laughs> but it, it does. The movie was awful. Right. You know, he, he made it look fine. It looked fine. It looked uh, fine. <laughs> and so, you know, he does, he does have experience in doing large scale kind of action adventure uh, cinematography. So uh, we already talked about the cast for the most part. Dwayne Johnson, uh, known for everything. He plays John Hartley, the FBI profiler. And Ryan just if Reynolds. you're wondering, there, is, there are scenes in the jungle in this movie. Therefore, they yes. are filling the jungle requirement that is needed in every Dwayne Johnson movie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And Ryan Reynolds, who's known for Free Guy, Deadpool, and Buying the Cow. <laughs> he plays Nathan Booth, the aforementioned possible most wanted art, art thief. Wait, wait. Uh, free guy, Deadpool, and buying the cow. That, that, that was the third one that you brought up. Yes, I, you know, I went deep. I went deep into <laughs> it. A, that is a deep cut. Uh, <laughs> deep cut for Ryan Reynolds. He's but, like uh, Green Lantern, or um, why? No, you want to see buying the cow before you want to see Green Lantern. Or, uh, What's that movie with uh, Sandra Bullock? Um, uh, yeah, that's a great one too. The proposal, proposal. Yeah, the yeah. proposal. But I'll, I, I, I mentioned buying the cow, and I put it in here just as kind of a joke so we could talk about it. But also, this is when I really knew that Ryan Reynolds was actually going to be a superstar. And this is a little movie. It has a pretty good cast actually for a little movie. But he just like tore up, tore it up. He tore the part up and it was tongue in cheek and, you know, him using his humor and right. and everything else. And so I knew he was going to be big in this in this movie where it was one of his earlier movies. So that's why. Was that, was that pre-Van Wilder? It was. It's actually okay. right before Van Wilder even. So, but yeah, it's Alyssa Milano's in it. It's a, it's a pretty good 
you know, cast in that movie. Uh, and it's one of those, you know, um, comedies, you know, relationship comedies with a bunch of people, um, you know, trying to figure out love. It's, it's a good, it's a good little movie, um, for what it is, but you know, it was the first time I was ever aware of Ryan Reynolds and I'm like, this guy is going to be big. (laughs) But anyway, also in the cast, Gal Gadot, famous for Wonder Woman, Furious Seven, and maybe not so famous, but a decent movie, Triple Nine. Also filmed in Atlanta. Also filmed in Atlanta. Uh, you know, featuring the great E. Roger Mitchell. Did I say Gal Gadot or did I say Gal Gadot? I, I don't know. We, we always say. I always, we always flip back and forth. I think it's Gal Gadot. It is Gal Gadot. Actually, yeah. It is Gal Gadot. It just looks it's like hard, Gadot. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's, it's hard to resist saying Gadot because it looks like it, it, it could be, you know, but I think it is Gadot. But uh, so there's a lot of supporting cast that is probably not well known uh, in it as well. So, you know, the movie's really dominated by its three stars. So true. That's, but that's I, kinda... I do want to point out Chris Diamantopoulos, which is a long <laughs> yeah, name to say. Yeah, and I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to point him out because I wasn't sure if I had to pronounce his name right. <laughs> you didn't mention him, um, but he's pretty. He's pretty funny in general. Like I, I yes. like. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Silicon Valley is probably where most people yes. would recognize him from. But he's he's pretty pretty funny in this film. Yeah, totally, totally. He definitely is. But you know, it, it honestly, it's it's all about these three main main stars. And, uh, oh, and there's it, uh, Rita. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. she's known for she's, another Netflix yeah. a Netflix show called The Umbrella Squad, right? Or Umbrella Academy, Umbrella sorry, Academy, which is a popular a Netflix show. <laughs> but but yes, yes, indeed. Yes, but you are correct. I will. It, it's mainly these th- the three, and that's what they paid the money for, <laughs> and that's Absolutely. how they're going to market it. Absolutely. And, and and I'll say this: this is what I want to preface this with because I honestly, you know. I don't know if there's three more likable, you know, actors going right now. I mean, honestly, Dwayne Johnson. Uh, they would have had Paul Rudd in it, maybe. Yeah, oh yeah. If you add Paul Rudd, add Paul Rudd. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, Dwayne Johnson. You know, such a likable person and and, and actor, performer. Um, Brian Reynolds, of course. You know, same thing. He's 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 always very likable in the screen presence and and. Say what you will, Gal Gadot is extremely likable in you know what she's been in so far. I've always been a fan of hers ever since I kind of noticed her in like Fast Six, I think. Um, you know when she first entered the Fast and Furious series, I thought she was really going places, and and she's very likable as well. So these the, three, um, she's charismatic. in a comedy that was also filmed in Atlanta. Yeah, the one with John Hamm. Uh, keep, is it the, Keeping Up with the Joneses? I think yes, it was uh-huh. called. Yes, that was uh-huh. actually pretty funny too. Yes, it was. It was. So uh, she's it was surprisingly funny, and she was yeah. surprisingly good in it. Like, like I, I mean, wasn't not, surprised. Well, I know you weren't surprised, <laughs> but like showing that she could do comedy, like when right. she had been more of like the femme fatale character, or right, the no, absolutely, and the Wonder Woman, absolutely. Um, but I mean, this, like I said, this cast oozes charisma. You know, they're they're like some of my favorites. I would probably watch a movie with any of them, you know, when it first comes out. So it was a no brainer to, you know, catch this, you know, Netflix casting this crew. No brainer for sure. Um, But I guess let's say, you know, let's talk about 
whether we like the movie or not. Yeah, let's, let's, let's jump right in. Let's not hold it to the end. Let's just talk about what, what we thought about the movie. Um, yeah. I was, when when you said you wanted to review this movie at first, I was like, ah, really? Uh, I'm like, uh, I mean, I was going to see it eventually just because the three main characters in it. Um, uh, and then, you know, I did see that it was like really, it did really well on the first day. So I was like, yeah, I think it's relevant. You know, we sh- it's shot in Atlanta featuring Atlanta's own Dwayne Johnson, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so, but I had read like a lot of bad things about it, but I actually enjoyed the movie. I, you know, it is not a smart movie by any means, but it is, like you said, it, you, the, the charisma in it is just like seeping from it. And it's just enjoyable to watch the interaction of these characters on screen. You know, Ryan Reynolds is not like really digging deep. He's playing a Deadpool esque character in it, but he's a lot he's he's got a lot of great one liners. I love the chemistry between him him and The Rock. Um, yes. I think Gal like once again, I think Gal Gadot as shows her comedy chops in this. Um and it's just it's it's a fun movie. It it it, it evokes like some of the you know, the movies of the past, like Indiana Jones and um and, uh, and national treasure and those types of sure, films. sure, absolutely. And like national treasure, like once again, that's an that's a movie that I I can enjoy and watch, but it's not a I, I can tell you it's not a good movie. This this to me feels the same way. There's a lot of problems with this movie, but I still had fun watching it. And um, and like some of the yeah, like I like the fact that it's a little aware of itself and aware that it's not you know that it's not art necessarily, even though they're trying to steal art. Right. Um, no, that's funny. Yes. Um, Cause like you said, it's like self-referential. I like mentioned the, like how they call the egg, the MacGuffin, he calls it the MacGuffin at one point. And then there's like, there's also a line where they're talking about the plan to, to um, steal the egg. And he, he mentions sneaking past the two featured extras. Yes. Uh, which I yes. thought was pretty funny. That was a funny well. line for like sure. That, you know, that fourth wall breaking that Deadpool's known for, it kind of comes across in this as well. So it's not like it's, it's not like this is like original stuff, but it's just fun, uh, and I enjoyed it. So, and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's an enjoyable movie. You know, great chemistry, great chemistry between the stars. All three of them, you know, have really good chemistry um, together. Lots of you know really funny moments, especially from Ryan Reynolds and his you know his one liners, his deadpan delivery is great. Um, and it doesn't take itself seriously. You're right. It's an enjoyable watch. Your comparisons are right on right on the money. Yes, a lot like National Treasure or something like that. Just a fun kind of, you know, puff of a movie. You know what I mean? It's a popcorn movie right. um, for the most part. But I will say this, and ultimately, and I didn't read, this is one where I didn't read any reviews, you know, and I, I, I assumed it was getting bad reviews from critics. Um, but I'll say that what it doesn't do is deliver on it's promised to be an epic movie. You know what I mean? And it kind of does like the trailer was really big and, and it felt like it was going to be a big movie. It felt like it was going to be, you know, a summer blockbuster just happened to be on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they want you to believe it is. And it's not quite that it's kind of the movie like for, like for instance, national treasure was not a summer blockbuster. National treasure is, is the counter programming hit of the winter, right? It comes out in like February or Mm. March or something like that. And it does well enough because it's fun enough, but this was supposed to be big and it's, it's not, 
and and that, we'll talk about a little bit why I think that is, um, you know, down the line. But I agree with you though. It's it's a fun watch. You, you're not going to be disappointed with watching it. It's a fun way to spend uh, a couple hours, you know. Uh, and and again, the charisma of the stars, you know, is not going to let you down. It's 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 good and it's and it's fun, but it's not what it what it purports to be. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because <clears throat> do you believe that some of that might be because you are watching it on Netflix and not watching it in the theater? I don't. And here's why. Because HBO Max has kind of changed that. Now, HBO Max, you know, is doing basically what Netflix is doing this year, you know, especially, you know, during right. during uh, the pandemic. Um, and you're watching movies that were intended to be big, big movies on the small screen. And they still can feel big. For instance, Dune. Dune still feels big and epic, right? Right. This one doesn't. You know what I mean? And it's, yeah, it's no, I, I see that. And so I don't think it's that. I think, and you know, and, and I think it's also it's meant to be. I mean, Netflix wants it to feel like a big theater movie just happened to be on Netflix, and it just doesn't. They can't do it. They haven't done it yet. I'll just say. Well, let's. Uh... I think maybe part of it is also, you know, I mentioned that it was filmed in Atlanta, mostly mm-hmm. filmed in Atlanta. Yep. But there are no recognizable Atlanta <laughs> scenes. Like no, you know what I mean? Normally, even if Atlanta is standing in for another, right. Um, a place you, 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 you catch glimpses of, Oh, I know where that is in Atlanta. This was most of the sets were obviously filmed on a stage. Right. Um, even the outdoor scenes and stuff like that, like the the, uh, yes. the jungle scenes, were yes. were obviously totally. staged. So, I mean that that kind of takes away from that feel of you know shooting on location, having those big those big budgets, and which is kind of interesting because they they do they have made a point of saying that this is the biggest budget movie that that Netflix has ever done. Now, did all of that go to the salaries of the actors? Probably. Or because they didn't spend it, you know, I mean, there are scenes where they, they have, they did shoot on location in a couple places and that's when it does feel kind of more. Yes. Blockbustery, right? Like, like when they're in, in France or when they're in Italy and, and some of those places, it does feel a little bit more grand. And then you, then you have these set pieces where they're just on stage and it looks like they're on stage. Yes. And yes. And that's the thing. And like, here's, here's, and you have to juxtapose it with like, think about this, this shot shot in Atlanta in which we're happy that it's shot in Atlanta. You know, we, you know, a lot of Atlanta people got to work on this. That's great. We love it. We want it, but we know it's shot mostly on studio, studio sets, right. Instead of in the open, but there's another, there's another couple of movies that, sh- that get shot in Atlanta that don't feel like this. They still feel big, even though that's what they mostly do. And those are Marvel movies, right? right. <laughs> they get shot on on stages in Atlanta too, but they don't feel as restrictive as this one does. You know, in, in, in my that's opinion. true. I mean, but like even like I said, even in those, like there are scenes where they they do shoot, like even like the Hawkeye. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, series that's coming out and they they had an extended like scene from it you know it's not taking place in Atlanta but you can tell that it's outdoors you know there's a big car yes. chase scene and stuff like that and it looks like 
you know, it looks like it's got the budget behind it. So yeah, I think they can do that. I don't think shooting in Atlanta is a negative thing. I think it's, no, it's figuring no. out the way to do it properly. And, and, you know, maybe that goes to back to the director or the cinematographer to make it look a little bit more convincing, make it feel more epic. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. And, you know, and maybe that's part of, you know, um, you know, the drawback of uh, someone who broke in as a comedy writer and director, not quite knowing how to really expand into gigantic action action adventure movies right but like he did this, skyscraper i mean that and that like say what you will about skyscraper at least it had that feel right you know it did like, that was shot here too yeah, yeah so you're right this even skyscraper um you know overcame that sort of constraint that we're talking about that that feels like it's at play here one thing i do want to bring up is they they, they I, I read a couple things about like how they filmed this and there were a lot of uh drone shots in it Mm-hmm. Um, and like where they actually like, not like the overhead drone shots that you see normally, but this was like actually using drones kind of almost like a steady cam type mm-hmm. thing. And maybe that led to some of the more like not the non natural feel to it, which kind of can take you out of a scene. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just like subconsciously, like we haven't seen that before mm-hmm. really. And maybe that kind of led to some of that as well. I think you're right. I mean, there, I think there's a lot of things, but I mean, I just, it's just that I, I, I'm saying in general, Netflix hasn't solved this. They haven't cracked this code because they've done it with, like, for instance, um, Netflix did a, a film that was an Oscar nominee with, um, is it, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, um, the one in black and white. Roma? Roma. Right. Now, R- Roma is a movie, it was obviously nowhere near as big as a budget as this. And of course the, the director, you know, has, has done big budget as well as low budget indies. And they basically just gave him, gave him the money and he shot it on location. And it's a, it's a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. And so that kind of movie Netflix can prove that it can do. But when it comes to trying to be, like uh, Ocean's Eleven or a, you know what I mean? It's it's not that it can't it it it's be, they they haven't done it like uh, the the Charlize Theron movie that I don't remember the, the name old of guard. We talked about <clears throat> the old guard that had some similar problems. It was so confined to sets, it did not feel open enough, and that they just haven't solved that yet. You know, for you know to be you know, a, a big studio. They haven't solved the big studio movie it's yet. It's the blockbuster. They're, they're, Correct. They're, because Correct. they can do the other movies, but the blockbusters yes. don't feel. And I, I, you know, I think that part of that might be that they are using their, the old guard suffered from the same thing. It felt like yes. mm-hmm. the movie was setting up, trying to, trying too hard to set up a franchise. Yes. Trying to develop IP into something that they could, you know, make their metaverse if right. the term that's been bouncing around all over the place recently, but to create that, you know, that, that IP that, you know, they're, they're kind of jealous of, you know, WB for having or, or Marvel right. or, you know, DC, you know, those, I, agree. I think they're looking for that and they're just not finding it. Um, but that, that being said, I, I still think that, I enjoyed this movie enough that it, that 
that didn't really bother me. And I'm, I am kind of hoping to see a red notice too, because I kind of think it might be better. Um, sure. Sure. That fact. I also want yeah, to see think- a second old guard too, because I think old guard was like a hundred percent setting up the, yes. the next movie. Whereas this one actually has a story. Um, sure. Sure. As, no, and it- as, like, as small as, you know, the story is, but the, the there was a beginning, middle, and end where Olgard had a beginning, and that was it, really. Right, right. No, I, I agree with you. I think that you're right about the idea that they're trying to create IP because big studios already have IP, and they're trying to build it in. But, you know, what's disappointing about it is that the fact that they can do some things that are amazing, like, for instance, Stranger Things, another you know mm-hmm. show that shoots here in Atlanta, right. it feels it feels like a fantastic show because they use locations and they, they shoot it, um, you know, like, like movies are shot really. Right. And, well, and yet, Umbrella Academy too. I mean, you mentioned that earlier. It's like, right. Right. Yeah. So they seem to have cracked the code on series, but not necessarily. on movies. Right. And, and, and I don't see how you can't translate, how you can't right. translate the way you do these fantastic series into making a fantastic blockbuster movie. I mean, I, you know, the, the funny thing is like some people are successful at, like I mentioned Roma as one that's very successful that they did, but you know, who also, and it's, I'm not saying he makes great movies, but at the same time, him going to Netflix did not hurt the, the feel of his movies. Like Adam Sandler. For Adam Sandler. I was actually going to bring up Adam Sandler. Cause I think it's funny. Cause I, I always feel like when I watch at Adam Sandler's Netflix movies, Mm-hmm. That it feels like he's spending all the budget just to fly around the world <laughs> and shoot at different locations. Like murder mystery just felt like right. Hey, exactly. Let's go here. Let's go here. Let's go here. I'm gonna vacation and maybe film a movie while I'm doing it. Right. Like why don't but they, they did do that for the these big block? Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like why don't they do that for the big blockbusters? Right. Like why is yeah, why yeah. is this one all on a soundstage? And maybe maybe COVID had something to do with it. And it's possible. It's possible, but I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just—it's just it's, it's been a couple of times now, and of course, the hype of it is what—it's what ultimately lets me down a little bit. Is that the hype of it is—it doesn't deliver into a blockbuster, which they've been trying to do so for I, a long time. I, I guess the opposite is for me because I read so many bad reviews that I was just like, I had no hype behind it. Right. <laughs> and I right. was just like. Okay, this is actually more entertaining than I thought it was going to be, and so actually, well, yeah, well, I guess you know part of part of the hype for me is the fact that you know you talk about social media, and, and don't forget to follow Cinema ATL podcast on Instagram. Um, I follow all three of these actors, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and so I've seen them promote the heck out of Red Notice. You know what I mean? Right. Just like they promote their other films, right? But their other films are true blockbusters, right? They're true, you know. You go to the theater and see them, and you know, and they're they're real life blockbusters. And in this one, they're promoting it the same way, so the expectation is the same, and yet it doesn't deliver quite the same. I've I've discovered what the problem is. Mm-hmm. It's the curse of blockbuster. Oh. Netflix destroyed blockbuster, and therefore blockbuster they cannot have a blockbuster. Yes, you got it. <laughs> Because you got it. They they'll never have a blockbuster. It's like the Babe Ruth. <laughs> exactly. Curse, you know, right? Just... Exactly. You're right. Blockbuster said, <laughs> "I curse you, Netflix. You'll never have a blockbuster." <laughs> and they've so far they they've proved true. They they're gonna have to they have to reverse the curse at some point. <laughs> 
I mean, um, so yeah, so I mean, we've talked quite a bit about this. Like, we haven't, it doesn't seem like we like delved too deep into it more than what we did, but we're already, we're already, I know, I know, out of time. So, and I don't, and I do want to say, hey, hey, it, it's a fun watch. You know, it's not right. that, like, my criticism is strictly for the fact that it didn't deliver what it promised. It's still a fun watch and still a fun movie and certainly worth, worth your time to watch. So. so I was going to say, can you name name one thing you liked about the movie, one thing you didn't like about the movie, and then your grade? Okay, well, I liked obviously the the chemistry and the and the and the the interaction between the stars and their adventure. They they had they were they were so free flowing and 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 seemed like they had a good time. It translated, so I loved that part. Uh, one thing I didn't like about it is that I kind of knew, I kind of knew a major. I knew the major twist. You know the you whole the time crosses. You knew all the double yeah, crosses. I, I knew it the whole time because there are like a lot I, in this. Yes, yeah, yeah. and I, I didn't. I, I I don't know that. Like like for instance, I I think of like the the um, ocean series, and and right. you don't guess them all. You don't guess them all. You know what I mean? Right. And so I knew all these, which was disappointing. They were a little too uh, telegraphed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, you know, in my overall grade, I mean, I'll say you know. Uh, B minus because it's again it's 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 a super enjoyable film. It just doesn't deliver on its promise. All right, um, the one thing I liked about it, um, I think I, I I like the the humor mixed with the with the action. Um, I, I think that I think if there's one thing that that Ross and Marshall Thurberg does well is mix the two. Um, so I appreciate that as along with the chemistry that you mentioned, but I didn't want to take yours. Um, (laughs) a number two was just that, uh, or just my thing that I didn't like about it was that it it did, it did delve into stupidity at times, um, which you can look past uh, only so much. (laughs) Um, but you know, overall, I think I did look past it enough to enjoy the movie. But like, like I mean, there's a scene where they um, they find an old, uh, old uh, German <laughs> bunker, yeah. and then they escape by driving a car that was in the bunker. And I'm like, <laughs> so it just yeah. had gas in it that yeah, hadn't it gone bad, like ready to go, uh, and cranked after <laughs> 58 years. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, just jumps in logic like that were kind of kind of silly but i think if you just get on board with the ride it, it's kind of kind of a fun fun ride and so overall i, w- I would give it a b actually um mm-hmm. i want to go higher than you because i feel like i enjoyed it more than you but i can't go to i can't go to b plus range b b is about where i go i think it's, i think that's fair i think that's fair for sure well all right so that was red notice what did you think about it let us know click on the comments the below <laughs> smash <laughs> that like button. I don't know. What smash it. <laughs> smash it hard. YouTube <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Yeah. If you, if you have an opinion on it, we'd love to hear it. Please let us know. You can always tweet us. Like I said, like I said before, um, and please share the podcast with people that you might think, think might appreciate it. Or if you, th- if you think they wouldn't appreciate it. I don't know if yeah. you want to punish them for some reason send them this podcast. Um, <laughs> want to thank Eureka failure for providing the music as they do each and every week for this podcast. Please check them out also on Spotify and Bandcamp and all those other places that you can check out your favorite. Uh, Definitely. 
Definitely. indie musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, to wrap up, Martin, please bestow upon us your, your words of wisdom. As you know, most of them are not my words of wisdom, but I'd like to talk about uh, something I, I came across uh, from Henry David Thoreau. Uh, and, and he has he has a quote that says, it's not what you look at that matters, it's what you see. And so if you think about that, it's, it's, it's not about the surface, it's about what you can find in any situation. So that's, that's kind of what I would say is that, is that don't think of things as just what what you're looking at think about what you can see and what you can find in any situation i see dead people <laughs> you see you see um you see uh old school decent um uh, Shyamalan movies is what you're saying <laughs> i see Haley Joel Osment as a child <laughs> um yeah no Good, good words of wisdom, Martin, even though I always make fun of them. Um, I don't really make fun of them. I just try to mix in a little levity afterwards and try to relate it to the quote. Uh, uh, sometimes I fail miserably. Sometimes. Sometimes I get there. I don't know. Somebody's laughing at it. That's all I know. That's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, join us again next time on the Cine ATL Podcast. See you then. Bye.